Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Why? Well, let me tell you. Okay, first off, the app is safe, secure, it's easy to use, okay? FanDuel always has these great exclusive offers where you can get juice, win a little more. Uh, When you win, you'll get paid fast, no waiting, no BS. And they got a ton of ways to play, man. Spread, money line over, unders, totals, props, same game, parlays, everything. Live betting. If you get to the show late, it doesn't matter. Just live bet it. They also have the teasingly vague same game parlay plus. I don't think it's a streaming service, but there's only one way to find out. It's by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, promo code SNAPS, and make every moment more this football season. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Welcome in, welcome in. Snap, snap, snap. Uh, Welcome in to a brand new edition of Snaps here on the Volume Sports Network. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hell yeah, a bar, Jeff, it's me, y'all, Dylan Meadows, Bilbo, everybody else hanging out in the chat. Go ahead, uh, hit the like button, subscribe if you're not already. We're so glad <laughs> to have you here. Uh, we talk about college football every day here. I'm your host, uh, one of your hosts, T-Bob Abair, Uh, and I am joined, as always, by our own very good-looking, half-Jewish, half uh, Catholic quarterback one, our guy Aaron Murray, Mr. Furry Murray. What's happening, dog? You just you can just say cashew, T Bob. Just call me a cashew. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I can use that term. I think you're allowed to use that term. I don't know if I can use that term. Cashew, like a, I think yeah. you can use cashew. Uh, I, hey, by the I way, if I, if I, doing, I, as someone who's one, as someone on, who is on, one, I can say you are. On. Okay, okay, okay. So you give me the pass. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure if it I'm works. Works that sometimes in the locker room. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Cashew is the best nut it's objectively the best nut okay 
Um, pistachios are not far behind, but I don't care if a cashew is plain, if it's roasted, if it's salted, you can put all any, the cashew is the best nut in the world. Bottom line, top three nuts, cashews, pistachios, almonds done. Mm, no pistachios one pistachios all day. I can eat the pistachios all day. Uh, but yes, I'm doing, I'm doing good for those, for those who want some football on a Wednesday night. Tune in tonight, ESPN2, Louisiana at Marshall. Your boy will be on the call. I'm in Huntington, West Virginia right now. So tune in and, and put some action on the game. Have some fun. Let's go, T-Bob. Hell yeah, look at this. Bob Rutherford, uh, Cashew, definitely. Sean Cahill, Cashew number one. That's right, boys. That's what we love to freaking see, dude. It's just, I mean, it's so delicious, dude. It's the texture of the cashew, honestly, at the end of the day. There's something about that texture that once you start eating them, uh, you just cannot stop. I could wax poetic about cashews all day long. In fact, I've been buying some candy cashews sometimes here recently, which I know what you do. The one drawback, the one drawback, the one drawback of a cashew is I do believe the caloric value is pretty high. Like you get a small bag of cashews and get a little out of control. Whereas I believe the pistachio may be a slightly healthier nut and uh, almond. Well, kind of an in-between of the two. Uh, I know almonds supposed to be good for your heart health, but um, it just lacks a little bit where the cashew and the pistachio thrive, you know, top three nuts. Yeah. Uh, I think fourth I'll, best. I think nut. I think, Go ahead. I'm just going to say, I mean, just, just the, 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 the one benefit of the cashew compared to my pistachio is the fact mm -hmm. that the pistachio are so tiny, you can have a handful of them and it feels like you're eating nothing. A handful of cashews, though. A little bit more substance, a little there's, bit more in there. A little bit more filling. There's You get a little bit more bang for your buck if you are myself who is worried about my calories as I have the conundrum of do I go hit golf balls after the show or do I go work out before my game tonight? So can we have a well, vote? Should I work out or should I go hit golf balls in between the show and calling the game tonight? That That's the dilemma. You don't know self-control until you force yourself to hold an entire mouthful of pistachios and not swallow those nuts so that you can get a single satisfying high volume pistachio bite. Because if there's one thing on this earth that I refuse, Aaron, I refuse to buy pre-shucked pistachios. It's, 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 it's lazy. It's a sign of the apocalypse. If you're buying yeah. pre-shucked yeah. pistachios, Next thing you know, you're going to be like the human beings in Wally, riding around on your little floating beds, getting all fat and lazy. No, you have to shuck your nuts, and when you do, hold them in your mouth till you get to a fine amount, and that's when you're going to munch on them. No, no, I'm good. I'm gonna. I'll, you buy pre-shuck. If I buy pre-shuck, or if I shuck them, I shuck them all at the beginning for ten minutes. I spend ten minutes shucking. What? Put them in the bowl and then eat. Oh no, that's yeah. crazy. That is yeah. just crazy. You know, it's funny. It's kind of like crawfish culture, how I eat pistachios where I just, I normally just eat them one at a time, but I like it. It's like, you're kind of, you're kind of being, um, you're being a little social, um, you're kind of talking as you go along. It's not like a full commitment sort of deal sitting there and just shucking them. How do you not throw them in your mouth? That too is self-control to be <laughs> fair. I suppose I'm somewhat <laughs> impressed. I think, okay. You know what? Do you know what the fourth best nut is? when you beat the team that's beaten you for 16 years in a row. Let's go, Tennessee. For this week, I am now renamed Rocky Bob, okay? Rocky Bob's the place for me 
fuck Alabama, let's go Tennessee. I think that's how the song goes. I'm not. I'm, I'm still getting used to being a BFL, but as I get inducted into the fan base this week, I hope to uh, figure it out. Uh, Rob D says, Murray, if you ever come to Augusta, Georgia, we need to play golf and I'll beat you so bad uh, in the bet that you have to call Papa Colin to get your next paycheck early. Oh, damn, Rob. How many Let strokes know, am I getting? Dude. I need to know how many strokes. Rob D, how many strokes am I getting? What's the handicap? Come on. Uh, how many strokes you live in Augusta, so he's a pretty good. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> really? Okay. Impress- <laughs> you know, impressive on the rain, you know, impressive on the course, maybe not as impressive in the bedroom. I've never thought about that <laughs> golf in the bedroom inversely related there. Uh, okay. I can feel golf. If you're good at golf, maybe struggling some other areas in life. I, I was about to say, I was about to say, I would almost guarantee that there is a direct relationship between being good at golf and bad in bed. Like I, that makes all the <laughs> sense in the world to me. You spend your entire life on the golf course. Of course. Of course, being good at golf makes you worse at sex. That Yes, absolutely. Um, just being good. At, and then the, the poll question here in the chat is being good at gold make you uh, better or worse <laughs> at sex. I mean, if you're good at gold, you're probably better at sex at that point. I don't know. Here we I go. really killed my own uh, bit there. <laughs> Get that nut, Tennessee. I agree, Daniel Basham. Let's go, baby. Uh, for this week, we are all. Tennessee fans. All right, let's uh, dive into today's show on the docket for today. And again, uh, FanDuel, shout out to FanDuel, man. Uh, sign up. If you sign up for the FanDuel Sportsbook, remember to use the promo code SNAPS if you want it to trace back to us, which is really helpful. It makes our bosses happy. And remember, we got that. Whether you already have an account or not, every single Thursday, you can do a same game parlay on the NFL game and get a $10 free bet. So you bet up to $10, like you'll get that back if you lose. So just take a shot, right? And then why not? And then put that 10 on something that you feel better about a bit later on. All right, on the topic today, we're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy uh, and C.J. Stroud. Is it C.J.'s to lose? How good is Texas really? And as nauseating as that tease may sound, you may be even more nauseated when you start diving into the numbers. I thought this was a kind yeah. of a trumped-up topic. There's a bit of legitimacy there, and it's, it's well, it's worth talking about. Imagine that. Then we sat down with Eric Ains just a few minutes ago, talking a little Tennessee. We'll get the former Volunteer quarterback's uh, view on Tennessee going to Alabama this weekend. And then we will do what we do every single Wednesday here. The whiteboards are here, except for Aaron, who forgot his. We're going to use our words as uh, we attempt to answer some of the most uh, challenging questions in all of college football. All right, Aaron, uh, let's dive into this top topic of the day. And it has to do with CJ Stroud. And whether or not at this point, remember this week, uh, Ohio State, now the favorite on FanDuel and everywhere else to win the national championship, number one in all the analytic rankings like FPI and S&P Plus. And now CJ Stroud, the betting favorite to win the Heisman. What do you say, Aaron Murray? Is it his to lose? It is definitely his to, his to lose right now, and on 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 Fanduel he's at at minus one forty. The next one is Caleb Williams at plus nine fifty. I mean that is a gigantic gap. And honestly, man, like, and then I'll get to why CJ deserves it. But like, if I was going to go with anyone after CJ, if, if someone that I want to kind of put a little risky risky money on for a big payout is Dorian Thompson Robinson. I, I I we talked about UCLA yesterday, I believe. I am a big believer in the Bruins. Like I think they are possibly the best team in the Pac-12. 
you know if, if, if a Pac-12 team is, is winning and having success and finds a way to make the playoffs, you're in L.A., there's going to be a lot of people pushing to get him going and to continue to make the Pac-12 better than what they are. So I, that is someone that is super interested to me. He's at plus 1,600 right now, uh, fourth on the list behind Caleb, obviously C.J., Caleb, Hendon, and Bryce Young. But I just love what he's doing out there for the Bruins. But, yeah, C.J., is he's in a perfect situation right now. Uh, he's on the best team, I believe, right now, the best team in the country. I know they're not ranked number one, but I believe they should be one. They have a very favorable schedule. Uh, he's already putting up crazy stats without his best player, who, who's going to be back any week now with, with Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know his stats are going to skyrocket after that. And he really only has two challenges in, in both games that they are favored to win, and they got to go to Penn State, and then they get Michigan at home to finish the season off. And then whoever they face – in the Big Ten Championship from the other side, they're most likely going to blow them out because that side of the conference, as we know, is just not very good. Like if you give me Ohio State versus Illinois, probably going to be about a 20-point spread. So the fact that one schedule lines up beautifully for those guys, for him to have success, to get his star player back, to win their conference, to be in the playoffs, to be a quarterback, crazy stats. Everything is going to be lined up for him to go win the Heisman this year. So yeah, he, he's the favorite. I don't think there's anything going to get in his way right now, barring an upset against Penn State or Michigan. And if I had to put my money on one of them, maybe Penn State. They do have to go to Penn State. You know I'm a believer in Penn State. I think they have a chance to beat Michigan this weekend. I would not be surprised if they do it. Setting up for a Heisman-like moment for the, him here in a couple weeks against them uh, there in, in Happy Valley. There the CJ Stroud numbers are out of control. Legitimately out of control. Uh, right now, C.J. Stroud is first in the nation, not in the SEC, right? This is a national award. First in the nation in touchdowns at 24. He is first in the nation at yards per attempt at 10.9 yards per attempt, nearly at 11, which is absurd. He's first in quarterback rating. He has a 207 mm -hmm. quarterback rating. He's the only player breaking that 200 barrier right now. Your boy, Max Duggan currently in second place at 194. So he is literally uh, almost 15 points up on the second best guy in the country. He's completing 70% of his passes. He's throwing for 289 per game. I mean, this is all stuff that is overwhelming. It's mind-blowing. And it does beg the question, why aren't we kind of talking about him more? And this led me down an interesting hole here. And I know I've touched on this. Uh, Aaron, because, uh, but, but, but I hadn't really started to look it up until now, which is like, sometimes I feel like Ryan day and Ohio State's success is so consistent and so overwhelming, uh, uh, statistically that it goes by the old Stalin maxim, right? One death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. Like a certain point, you just keep putting up these numbers every year. It just doesn't hit the same as when like a, a burrow pops up suddenly and, yeah. and, and, and leads this team or like a Hendon hooker right now with Tennessee, but Hendon hooker doesn't stand a chance. Hendon hooker has 10 touchdowns right now. And let's be clear. I think Hendon hooker is incredible. Okay. And that touchdown yeah. number means nothing to me because he affects every single aspect of the game, like some sort of master puppeteer. We're just all dancing on his strings. But the point is CJ Stroud's numbers, I guess, don't be like me and fail to give them their just due just because we have seen this before. I mean, I mean, look at this. Uh, look at what he literally did last year. 
He threw for 4,400 yards, 44 touchdowns, six interceptions, 10 yards per tip. Justin Fields threw for 41 touchdowns in 2019. Dwayne Haskins threw for 50 touchdowns in 2018. JT Barrett, here's where it gets a bit interesting. JT Barrett threw for 35 and 17, 24 in 16. What happened between 16 and 17? Ryan Day joined the staff from San Francisco where he was the quarterback's coach. He joined in 17, Barrett throws 11 more tuds. It's up to 50 next year, and then they've just never looked back. Yep. Throwing over an average of three and a half touchdowns per game since that time. It is, it's absurd. It defies logic. And I understand if it doesn't hit as hard, but you have to recognize how incredible what CJ Stroud is doing right now is. And those numbers are exactly why that gap on FanDuel right now is as large as it yeah. is. So uh, yeah, whether you hate it or not, it is his award to lose at this point. I will say though, like if 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 Tennessee goes out there and wins this weekend, so so CJ's minus one forty on FanDuel, Hennon Hooker is at plus fourteen hundred. If if Hennon Hooker has a game, so say he throws like you know throws two touchdowns, rushes for a touchdown, whatever, three or four total touchdowns, I think that gap closes significantly. I think he's like a plus eight hundred, seven hundred. So like if you feeling pretty juicy about, about Tennessee having an opportunity to win the game versus Alabama, it's going to be because Hennon Hooker has himself. In afternoon there at the three thirty spot Eastern on CBS. So uh, if 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 they beat if they beat Alabama, that gives a lot of people confidence that they have a shot to go into Athens in the beginning of November and beat Georgia. And if you beat Georgia yeah. and you beat Alabama and you're undefeated in your Tennessee and all that, let's just play let's play the scenario you just brought up with with Joe Burrow here. If you have one quarterback that is was not ex- I mean obviously expect to have a good season, but not expected to lead your team to say uh, an opportunity to play in the SEC championship game, a big brand like Tennessee that have that have come have risen from the dead and are having success and a lot of reasons why because your quarterback or you have a yeah. guy in the Big Ten, a lesser conference, a little bit easier schedule, maybe not as great of wins, and a, a system that we, as you alluded to, has a lot of success. I think fans yeah. may even without the numbers being exactly the same maybe lean towards the story. So yes, I agree. Like the story is a big deal. Uh, so that's why right now, like if you're going to want a, a, I guess you can call it an upset when it comes to the Heisman numbers right now, you're going to need a USC to go undefeated. You're going to need a UCLA to go undefeated. You're going to need a Tennessee to go undefeated because you're, no one's going to beat him when it comes to stats. So they're going to have to beat it while they're with their team, just being better yeah. or their team making some, kind of unexpected run at a championship this season. Yes. But I don't see it happening. Like, I don't see, like, to me, right now, Ohio State's the most complete team in America. And I just don't see Penn State or Michigan tripping them up. And I think that's, that to me, that's the only other thing that could happen. Like, if he has a bad game against Penn State on the road in a couple weeks, then then I think he, he goes down significantly. I just, I don't see it happening, man. He has everything you want. Accurate, incredible arm strength. Uh, quick release, extremely mobile in the pocket, and has some of the best receivers in the country. So, um, I will I will say this though: if you him. got like, if you got like a, a, you know, if you just want to put like twenty bucks on it or something, uh, yep. just for funsies, like throw in five or throw in however much you want on Caleb Williams, Hooker, 
DTR based kind of betting the field. I mean, there is huge value yeah. there. If it hits now, yeah. obviously that means that it's probably not going to hit. Right. But if it does, which again, it still could like Ohio state has not really been tested in any way yet. Who'd you put it uh, in? Who'd, who'd be exactly the next right. guy, T-Bob? Who'd be I the would, guy, um, if you, who'd you put your money on? I, I think, okay. So I think you nailed the two most realistic paths. And that is, uh, either UCLA or USC going undefeated or Tennessee going undefeated. Um, I think yeah, I'm Tennessee still in the U.S. less realistic in my mind than USC or UCLA. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. It is. No, yes, I'm talking yes. about I'm talking about the paths to overcoming the overwhelming numbers of CJ Stroud. I think one you're yeah. like you said, it's the story. The team's gonna have to vastly outperform expectations. Like if Hinton Hooker beats Alabama and Georgia, he will win it. So he has the most clear and direct path. I could maybe see a world with Caleb Williams where I'm not so sure. And DTR is interesting. I don't know if DTR is ever going to DTR's having the stats, though. Yeah, but he does. He does. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a top. A rate, he's a top rated. That is true. That is true. He's a top rated quarterback in the Pac-12 right now. Um, yep. So yeah, actually, he probably. I think you're right, Aaron. He probably actually represents the best value objectively right now. If you're going to get the double, the return yeah. on DTR that you would on Caleb Williams. Um, all right. Well, look, we continue to revisit this as the year goes on, but certainly as it sits today, maybe you something something you want to act on. Right. Well, some of these numbers are still very large. Well, yep. while it is very much in the air that uh, CJ Stroud is going to win this for sure, which as we've seen from Ohio State, like is not necessarily a guarantee. I do think there is sometimes some voter fatigue like we're kind of touching on. Um, so that's a Heisman talk for the day. Right now we have to from Heisman to Texas. It's almost like we have a long term sports producer making this show. How good you're welcome are the Texas Longhorns. I know you're doing great, Brum. Thank you very much. How good are the Texas Longhorns? And you texted Aaron Murray uh, earlier in the group chat about how, you know, could Texas be the first two loss team to make the playoff? And I scoffed. I laughed at that. And I still don't think they will make the playoffs, but I did not quite realize how good Texas has actually been this year. Uh, right now, in ESPN's FPI predictive analytics uh, ranking, they're fourth in the country. And Bill Connolly's S&P Plus, right? The um, we talked plenty about the S&P. If you don't know, it's again, it's a predictive analytic measure. It doesn't care as much about results as how you looked within those games. Texas is fifth in the country. They're ahead of an undefeated Ole Miss, undefeated Tennessee, and undefeated UCLA, who are at six, seven, and eight. And when you look at their losses, you barely lose to Alabama, who at the time was the number one team in the country. We all know how good Alabama is, and you arguably should have or could have had that one. But the Texas Tech game is even fascinating. Like, if you're like, wait, how did they lose to Texas Tech and they're ranked this high and all this analytics stuff? It's because the Texas Tech way game, Aaron, they had to find a way to lose. They outgained the Red yep. Raiders by over two yards of play, nearly two and a half yards of play. Tech recovered all three fumbles on the day from either team. Texas Tech went six of eight on fourth down. Outside of those losses, Texas is outscoring opponents 45 to 13. They're averaging over three yards more per play on a week to week basis. And all of this comes without Quinn Ewers. Yep who looks fantastic. So, yeah, what's crazy is Texas is really good, but they may have already shot themselves in the foot. Like, they may already be done in terms of playoffs, but they're a really damn good football team. 
No, they are a damn good football team. And and I think the thing that, that impresses me more than anything, because we knew the offense was going to be good. Like there was no doubt about it. Like when you got the head coach, the guy that that, that is known for offense, uh, that part of the game was going to be fine. My, my, my always worry with Texas and anyone in that league is, can the defense keep up? Can they play complimentary football? And right now they're getting up 17 points per game, only 338 yards per game as well. So that was a big question. Check. Good. We're fine. Next question for me yep. on the offensive side of the football was, can you find a compliment to Xavier Worthy? Like, you got Bijan. He's great. One of the best running backs in the country. You got Xavier, one of the best receivers in the country. Probably one of the best receivers in that conference. But can you find a way to find more playmakers? Can you get the ball in someone else's hands to, break, to take the pressure off them, essentially? And right now, a guy that I didn't know if I liked or not to start the season off, he's playing really well. Jordan Winnington, 26 catches, actually leads the team right now. So they're finding more playmakers. Their tight end also has 25 catches. So they're getting ways to get the ball in, in, in guys' hands other than Bijan, other than Xavier Worthy. So that's a huge plus. And I think Quinn Ewers, like you alluded to, T-Bob, is a stud. Like he's a stud. Like if he's yeah. healthy, and I yes. think this is the excuse yeah. that the committee may make at the end of the season, if Quinn Ewers was healthy, they may beat Alabama, and they definitely beat Texas Tech. So it's 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 we're yes. not putting a team necessarily in the playoff, which they're not supposed to, based on the record, but who deserves to be in there. And, and you also look at their schedule going forward; like they got some great resume builders: Oklahoma State in two weeks, Kansas State uh, on November fifth, TCU on November twelfth, and then they got to play Kansas on November nineteenth. Then Baylor. I mean, you're talking about Baylor could be back in the in the top twenty five by then too. I think Baylor's a good football team. You could finish your season off with five ranked opponents and then have to play your conference championship game, which is a sixth, six ranked opponent. So you're going to be on prime time all the time. You're going to get the Texas bias. You got a great quarterback. Your two losses were within four points total. Once again, like I think there's a lot that has to go right for them still, but if they're, if they're 11 and two, which they would be if they win their conference championship game, I could easily see them making an excuse once again, that, Hey, they would not have that record if Quinn Ewers was healthy those two games. So don't 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 forget about Texas right now because they look damn good and they look like they should be the favorites to win the Big 12. Obviously, I don't think I'm saying anything particularly insightful, impressive here. If they were to make it with two losses, that would be shocking. But you have kind of convinced me, right? In a world where maybe there's a one-loss SEC team that did not win their conference championship, I could get behind the argument of putting a conference champion 11 and two Texas in there, especially if they kept up some of the domination that we've seen in these yeah. wins. So it's uh, something to keep an eye on going forward. J lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are perfect for calls, listening to podcasts and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, 
Being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. October 11th, 2022. A day that will live in infamy as the entire country was subjected to watching a Commander's Bears game in primetime. But if you want to make it a little more palpable, palatable, palatable, you want to go ahead and take advantage of FanDuel's No Sweat same game parlay. What up, y'all? T-Bob here from Snaps, uh, the college football show here at the Volume Sports Network. And check this out. Every single Thursday, whether you already have a FanDuel account or you're brand new to FanDuel, you get free bets back if your NFL same game parlay doesn't hit. That's right. Up to $10. You put together whatever same game parlay you want. And if it doesn't hit, you get that money back to bet again. What a deal. Every single Thursday. I think I might have it. Down under, as I bet both the total game under 37 and a half, the first half under 19 and a half, and the third quarter under seven and a half total points. I'm fading the offense everywhere. $10, gonna win you 25. But look, if you think that's stupid, which uh, admittedly you're probably right and it probably is, uh, you can just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, uh, promo code SNAPS. But again, it doesn't matter if you're new or old. You just go ahead and take advantage of this no-sweat same-game parlay each and every Thursday thanks to your friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We keep our eyes on whatever hot guests can come and talk about what we're talking about that week. And Aaron, you came through once again. Is this time, earlier day, uh, we got to sit down with former Tennessee great Eric Ainge. Here, uh, check it out. We'll be back in a bit. 
What's up, y'all? We are back with another Snaps guest. And right now, it is my pleasure to welcome in a man who I watched dominate the greatest season in college football history, the 2007 season, former Tennessee great Eric Ainge. Eric, what's up, dude? Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, boys. Glad to be here. Uh, so now uh, Eric is host of the Eric Ainge Show. Imagine that. Uh, 9 a.m. to noon every single day on Sports Radio WNML in Tennessee. Three-time dad, the man who, much like my own wonderful daily co-host here, Aaron Murray, SEC record holder, seven touchdowns in a single game against Kentucky, Eric. I mean, take, how did it feel, dude? You were just in the zone. So it felt it felt cold, first off. It was Lexington in November. Hell it was yeah. miserable. But, well, here's the deal, though. So it's an SEC record, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. Like, through seven touchdowns in one game. Can't deny it. You know, I'm getting older. I'll hang on to that as long as possible. Um, it took me four overtimes against Kentucky to do it. <laughs> and they all count. Joe hey. Burrow did it against Oklahoma in the first half of a college football playoff game. But you know what he didn't oh. do? He didn't throw okay. eight. He only threw seven, so we're still tied. That's right, baby. Oh, boy. The name is Bill Let's go. And hey, okay, okay. So this is a perfect little transition here then, Eric, because a lot of Tennessee fans in my mentions have been bringing up 2019 LSU when thinking about this year's Tennessee team. The reason being um, new staff, right? A, the, the second year, and granted, it was O's third year. But if you look at the growth, from 2018 LSU to 2019 LSU, it's very similar to the growth that you're seeing out of Tennessee right now, even with the second-year quarterback and everything else. Like, like I know we talk about, like, Tennessee could have been a 10-win team last year, just like that 2018 LSU was 10-3. Do you see similarities between this year's Tennessee and that 2019 LSU team? Uh, no. Um uh they had how many first round draft picks did that 2019 LSU team have on defense? They, 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 had, a, they, they had a lot. I mean, let's be clear, they right? Had they, had Chase, they, they, Jefferson, they had Chase, Paris guys. Marshall, Joe Burrow. It's insane. Patrick Queen. It's insane. It, was yeah. ins it was insane. I mean, they, they dominated the first round of the draft that year. Tennessee doesn't have that. Tennessee has the wins right now. They have the hype. They have a really, really good quarterback. I think the biggest thing that we're doing right now is, and Josh Heupel deserves a lot of credit in the staff for this. Every one of our players, is playing upwards of their ceiling. You know, we have some guys, three-star guys, some four-star guys, but, like, they're all playing the best they can play. We don't have first-round draft picks out there. We're not winning a national championship, but they're all playing to the, you know, for the most part, week in and week out. They're playing as good as they can. Yeah. Well, I think one guy that's playing out of his mind right now is, is Jalen Hyatt. He's been like that all year, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, Cedric's been out. He's kind of taking his game to another level. Brew had a great game versus LSU. How do you slow – like, if Cedric's back this week, the attention will be on him, but can you really put all the attention on slowing down Cedric when those other two receivers are kind of doing their thing right now? No, I mean, it's kind of like watching Alabama in years past. You have one guy that's so good, you feel like you need to roll coverage to him or inside out him or do something to give him some help. But the other guys on the other side of the field are just as good, so what do you do? I mean, as a defense, you just get stuck and you go, I guess we'll try to take this guy away on this play and – and maybe guess right and take that guy away on that play. And Hyatt, I love him, and I know you'll agree with me, but if you have a good slot receiver, you get the whole field to work with. It's real yeah. hard for the the fifth, the third best corner on the team to guard a stud 
inside, and that's what Jalen Hyatt's doing right now. They're moving him all over the place, but for the most part, he plays in the slot. He's running the slot fades. Um, he's running dig routes, curl routes, drag routes. I mean, he's running all of them, and he's having success doing it. He's been fun to watch. Yeah, it's almost like deciding between guarding Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Give yourself over to the analogy, Eric. Okay, it's all happening. Give me the quarterback perspective on what Heupel does. Because Coach Neuheisel was here on snaps with us last week, and he talked about just kind of the simplistic genius of it, right? Put your fast guys as far as you can on the flanks. Create space. Let them choose how many they're going to put in the box. If they're light, you run it. If they're not, you throw it. And then he got it maybe a bit beyond me where he's talking about, okay, and then you just you, – you, you know what side of the field you're going to, and it's a simple high-low read. How quarterback-friendly – is uh this 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 offensive philosophy of josh heupel well i think it is i mean if you a lot of the throws that our team made that, that hendon hooker makes are rpo catch and get it out or quick game type stuff get it out before the d-line can even get there and then it's a lot of pump fakes double moves slot fades it's kind of like we're either throwing it quick or we're throwing it all the way down the field the intermediate part of the field uh we have thrown balls there and i think that's the next step to beat an alabama or a Georgia or someone like that. You can't just throw it quick and throw it deep. You got to use the whole field. So I do think there's a next, like another step for their passing game. But right now it's working that we have studs. I mean, if you throw it quick and the, the guys can't tackle your, your receivers, your little screen, little tunnel screen goes for 15 yep. yards. It makes it a lot easier. They have to suck up and commit to stopping it. And then you throw it over their head. It is simple. What they're doing right now is, is simple. And if it was easy to stop teams would be doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, hundred percent. All right, so 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 what Hen, what makes Hennon so good, and 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 why we're going to continue talking about him all year as a possible Heisman guy is one. T. Bob and I love the deep ball accuracy, his ability to push yeah. the ball vertically down the field, but then also his running ability. Like if you want to play cover two and you want to back up and and stop the pass and not let you beat them deep vertically, Hennon is is a tremendous runner, graceful, big kid, physical kid, can break some tackles, so. If you can only have one of those things going forward, what's the better part of his game? Is it that the threat of him running the football or is it the vertical passing game? I, I give me the vertical passing game because he doesn't miss often. He missed a couple actually uh, against LSU before halftime. He had a cover two hole shot and he just threw it over his head and then he had a seam route first cover two. But you were talking earlier about the splits. The safeties were so wide. The middle of the field was mm -hmm. wide yeah. open. And they ended yeah. up hitting one on third down and got it all the way down the field. But give me the deep ball accuracy because we all know it. I mean, turnovers, turnover margin, probably the biggest difference maker in a football game. The next one is explosive plays. I mean, if you're chunk yarding yeah. people left, left and right, you're winning football games. So yeah. give me the ability to push the ball down <laughs> the field. But Hendon, Hendon doesn't have the best arm in college football. He's not the best runner in college football. But I would put his decision making up against anybody in the country. He does not. There's. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's not just throwing picks. He doesn't even give the defense a chance. They don't. They don't get their hands mm -hmm. on the ball. They're not dropping yeah. picks. When when he does run, he runs. You know, as the pocket collapses and he tucks and goes and gets five to forty. You know, he doesn't overrun. He'll stand in the pocket. I mean, he just makes the right decision. RPOs, when to hand it, when to throw it. He does the right thing on almost every single play. And I've. Ne I mean, it's. It's next level. There's no one doing that in the country to that level. 
No. Burrow like decision making, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, T Bob. T Bob. You, you, I'm just saying. You in this LSU is on a different level right now. I'm just saying. Oh, I expected nothing less. I expected nothing less. I knew what I was getting into coming on with you guys. It's all good. No, I look, I, I, I said it on Saturday night after snaps. The story of last Saturday had nothing to do with LSU. The story was Tennessee and the ascent yes. of Tennessee. And Tennessee being a team right now that is gaining in confidence. And that's a dangerous thing. They can't really judge going to OT against Pitt or whatever. If they played again today, Tennessee would wax that ass, right? And they seem to be rounding this corner, Eric, at the perfect time. Alabama. We played a little game today, things that have happened uh, since, uh, you know, Tennessee last beat Alabama. Uh, my parents were still together. Uh, the iPhone wasn't invented. Uh, you had a bad day. You had a bad day. Was the number one song in the country? I mean, a lot has changed. When you look at this Alabama film, Eric, do you see some vulnerability there? I think so. I mean, they haven't played an offense like ours yet. Honestly, they haven't mm. played a good offense all year long. I know they have yeah. some ridiculous players there, but we okay. We just here's a vulnerability. Will Anderson doesn't have. He he reminds me of Jadavion Clowney. Remember how good he was as a freshman, yeah. and then everyone realized how good he was, and he got double teamed or they slid the line to him every time, and he didn't get as much production out of it like any good D end. Once you're the number one thing on the scouting report, that's Will Anderson right now. He doesn't face solo blocks all that much. Um, he's still a one-man wrecking shot, but if we are running the ball up the middle and throwing the ball really fast, he's going to get frustrated because he'll never get there. You know, and, and their defense is going to get like that offensive line, the core of our offensive line. T-Bob, I know you'll like this, but we don't get ran through very much in the interior of our offensive line. It's we, Our, our splits are a little tighter. We buckle down, and if you're going to get to us, you got to run the hump around the outside to get there. And then Hendon makes the right choice with the ball. Sometimes he'll take off and run. He'll get it out quick. Yep. I think we're going to frustrate their defense, and we're going to play fast. So they're all going to be tired. I really do think that Tennessee will have a good day on offense, even though Alabama's littered with five-star players. Yep. I, I get that. But what we do is going to present them a unique challenge that they haven't faced yet. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I think the offensively is going to kick butt. Like, There's no doubt about it. Like, I don't see many defenses slowing down Hen and Hooker, especially with how good the receivers are playing right now. You got three, four deep. Jabari's playing well at running back. Hendon's running well. I love the offensive line. Like, offense is not the issue, as we've seen this year for Tennessee. Uh, I know they looked good last week versus LSU, but Alabama's a whole different beast, especially if their quarterback's back. What concerns you the most, and are, are they progressing enough, especially in the secondary, that are maybe easing those thoughts a little bit? Well, having a good game plan is one thing. Actually tackling Jameer Gibbs is another. I mean, that yeah. dude is ridiculous. He's a legit 4-4 first-round running back that can catch the ball better than any of their current wide receivers can. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's ridiculous. So having a plan for, having a plan for him is going to be a huge part of the game plan. But, you know, LSU, what, what the DBs did against Florida, they were playing zone, they're young, so you tell them cover three and they're turning and sprinting to the deep third, leaving guys wide open. Just because it's zone doesn't mean you have to leave guys wide open. Right, you can still play match up. You can still break on the football, and, and against LSU, they did that. Jaden Daniels was just making some great throws, but our guys were in position. If our guys are in position and we can force them to make tight throws, then that's how you get a random third down drop or, or or a deflection. You know, they can move the move the ball. I don't see us stopping them going three and out all that much, but I could see them moving the ball down the field. And if we're tight in our zone coverages, you get one slightly errant throw or a guy hears footsteps, and now they got a punt or kick a field goal. 
that's the game Tennessee's going to have to win. They're going to have to be a bend-don't-break team where they're good on third down, they're forcing field goals in the red zone. If they can do stuff like that, then 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 we'll have a chance. But open field tackling, I am a little concerned about it. We don't even know if one of our starting safeties is going to be able to play a charge with a felony. I, I, if I had to pick, I, w- I would doubt, even though if you read it all, I, I bet legally he's fine. The whole thing was weird. But huh. does he get to play in the very next football game? I don't know. So yeah, that 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 scares me a little bit too. He's a veteran player, so we'll 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 see how we tackle. But we're gonna have to have a good day tackling. Speaking of uh, that, T Bob, T Bob, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. You got him. Yeah, everything I heard is he's a great kid, like a leader on the football team. I believe one of the captains. I mean, how surprised were you when that came out the other day? No, let me say this first. If I was in my house. And some drunk dude came in my house and I was there with my girlfriend, kids, whoever. I probably would have done the same thing. You don't just get to what happened? He beat him up. House. Yeah. He, he chased him out of the apartment and beat him up. He was in there with his oh. girlfriend. She was scared. He chased him out there and beat him up. Yeah. I know. That's why you're not judging him all that much. I didn't either. <laughs> the problem is I think he, brought, I think he, he, cha- he chased him from everything I could account. He chased him and he brought hell with him. And, and yeah, maybe yeah. beat him up a little too much, you know. But still, I, I, I don't pass too much judgment on that. But I have no idea whether he'll play or not. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this, too, it's funny, Eric. I feel a kindred spirit in you right now. This this comes with following a college program very closely. These sort of, like, weird news stories, tough to deal with news stories. But, yeah, I think I can kind of under, understand maybe where he's coming from there. Um. Eric, when I look at this Tennessee defense, uh, yes, they allow some chunk yardage, but it feels like they're doing a better and better job of making it empty yardage. Um, They created a lot of negative plays against LSU. The run defense remains really, really good. I love the experience on the D-line. They play approximately 7 million people on the defensive line, and like Texas, Alabama, right? Quinn Ewers had great success taking the top off of Bama in that one quarter. I expect Hooker to be able to do the same. Defensively, Texas D-line got after Alabama, made them uncomfortable all day, created negative plays all day. Do you think this D-line can have some similar success this week? I think so. We have some really talented players, you know, and it a lot of it depends on what Alabama's going to try to do. I would imagine that they'll lean on the run game a lot and try to try to establish yeah. a run game. Um so I think that's my first concern is can we stop them from running the football? We all know this. The team that runs the ball better and wins the line of scrimmage yeah. wins, what, 90% of the time, 95% mm-hmm. of the time? Yeah. So I need to see them do that against these Alabama offensive linemen because they're all big and they're good. They're not getting a ton of love right now, but that almost scares me a little bit with a Nick Saban team. Everyone's treating Alabama like they're this poor <laughs> yes. little sick pound puppy. <laughs> Because they're number three in the country, and he'll he'll wear that out, and they'll come out looking like world beaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the rap poison. No need to manufacture yep. it. Or excuse me, yeah. not the rap poison. They got the motivation. Don't, don't, no need hey, to hey, manufacture T-Bob. it. T. Bob, I don't want you giving them any more either. I know, I know you, and you, you're not above putting some rap poison out there for Alabama. Don't do it. Okay, okay. You know me, okay, Eric. I loathe Alabama. I literally, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like Skip Bayless to LeBron with Alabama. Okay. I will go out of my way and say, find the most absurd ways to hate on them. You will not find a bigger Tennessee fan this weekend than me. I will be Uh, blaring Rocky top all weekend long. I don't give a damn that Tennessee just beat the brakes off LSU. 
I hope I feel like, you know, in, in, in the last dance documentary with Larry Bird's like dapping up MJ, he's like, fuck you, you bitch. Like, that's how I feel right now about Tennessee. <laughs> like, you know what? Last weekend, whatever. This next weekend, we ride together. Okay. Screw Bama. Rocky Top. Let's go, dude. Let's go. Go Falls. VFL right here. VFL, dude. Uh, Eric, you have a great day, man. You're, hey, I'll, I'll give you your honorary VFL card. You get one. There I gave it to you. It counts. <laughs> VFL, baby, you heard it from QB1 himself. That's right, volunteer for life. Oh, what, Aaron? Does that make you upset because we're going to whoop the shit out of your bulldogs here in a couple of weeks? Oh, you a little scared? Oh, you, you allowed a little passing success rate, your bulldogs are? Oh, who muted who's mic now, you son of a gun? <laughs> Damn, oh, I was feeling hot, too. That spicy take. How the turd I was a little mean to you, so I'm kind of glad it was muted. So I do. No, uh, say something, dude. VFL, say baby. it with your chest. Go big orange. Well, well, I was gonna say you look like a little whip bitch who just got their ass whooped last week and now changing sides. So, <laughs> and look, I am not so. saying that I'm not tinged. I'm not. Look, am I tinged with a little bit of Stockholm syndrome? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe so. But at the same time, like you know me, I love medieval history, right? And that bold orange with the checkered board pattern, uh, that speaks to me. It's the same reason why I love Kentucky's blues with the checkerboard, because I can mm. see at night astride a horse in full tourney regalia, ready to ride down the evil Crimson Emperor. Let's freaking ride, dude. I I, give a I, damn you, I will Tennessee. say one thing. I will say one thing about this game, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into more depth tomorrow when we start breaking down games and who's going to win that this and the other, but we, we, we look at Tennessee right now and they're rolling and they're sexy. They're the hot team. Everyone's excited. And you look at Alabama and yeah. they're, they're kind of not playing great right now. And, and Bryce is banged up and we're all counting them out. It reminds me of last season and last year, Georgia was the talk of the town. Everyone's talking about the Bulldogs and how great the Bulldogs are. And you know, Alabama probably should have lost to Auburn. And if the running back stays in bounds, they probably do lose that game to Auburn there, but they found a way to win. But still, no one gave Alabama a chance in the SC Championship game, and they whooped the crap out of my dogs, embarrassed them there in Atlanta. So you know Nick Saban is just sitting there saying, what the hell are you doing doubting me? Have I not shown you for 15-plus years what I'm capable of doing? So listen, I said we'll break it down more tomorrow, but just – be careful, Tennessee. Coming from experience last well, year with my dogs, be careful. I mean, it's like, oh, you know, normally he has to be like, this one writer didn't vote y'all number one because he thinks y'all suck. Like, he has to go out of his way to try to find yeah. motivation. Uh, none of that needed uh, this week, but that's okay. I'm still Rocky Bob till I die. And actually, Aaron, um, your potential wagers that we may see later in this week would also speak to you being a bit of Team Rocky Top this weekend for whatever that is oh, worth. Yeah. All right, Ryan Brumley, uh, can you do you want to go ahead and use us into our Snap's favorite game show? Use your words for sure. We're doing use your words. It's the game where I ask a question, you guys fill in the answer on your whiteboards. Except Aaron didn't bring his because he's not prepared. So we'll do a T-Bob wow. first. The team who Classic should be an upset alert wow. for week seven is blank. 
All right, this one's a right easy one right here, folks, and it's Clemson. Look at that. That's right, Clemson. You say, wait, Clemson versus FSU? Huh? T-Bob, FSU just lost two games in a row to the two teams that Clemson has already beaten, right? FSU drops to Wake Forest by 10. Didn't look particularly good. Lose to NC State 19-17. to uh, Clemson handled NC State. Obviously, they had a battle with Wake, but they found a way to win. Uh, as much as I like Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis and that FSU offense is not good enough to exploit Clemson's defense in the same way that Hartman and company did. So how in the world did I arrive here? That three-and-a-half number, Aaron. With all of the information I just laid out, why is it only three-and-a-half points? If on paper it makes no real sense, Wake were seven-point dogs. I want to say NC State was, what, six-and-a-half? Somewhere around there. Why, then, is the team that lost to both of them, FSU, at three-and-a-half? You say, oh, it's the home bump. That definitely explains part of it. But something stinks about this line. And there's something in the air. And it smells like Dabo Doo-Doo. And I, I think, I think there's a chance that Florida State's going to shock everyone this weekend and come up with the upset. So I have Clemson on major upset alert. All right, well, since I don't have the whiteboard, what are we doing, bro? My upset alert is <laughs> there. You go. Trevor, my hands in that spot. Uh, Nebraska over Purdue, Mickey yes! baby, Mickey Joseph. Yes! I know you're the you're you're, you're for went from Frosty boys to the Mickey boys. Uh, yeah, Nebraska, man, they're winning close games. They're winning close. Louisiana games. Winning. legend. And, and they are both tied for the lead in the conference on the West side of the big 10 standing. So Nebraska has got some juice. They're feeling pretty good. I think Purdue is like, Oh, just Nebraska. They don't even have a head coach. Like we're going to roll through them. Not so fast. They better, they better be ready to go. Cause Nebraska's on a mission right now. Uh, to make Mickey Joseph their head coach going forward. So I think Purdue's on a major, major upset alert. Fantastic. So Aaron, the team with the most pressure on them here in week seven is? I think the team on the most with the most pressure right now is Oklahoma, honestly. Uh, you, 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 you lose huh. three in a row. Everyone's saying, what the hell was wrong with Oklahoma? Why aren't they winning football games? You know, T-Bob just gave our head coach an F yesterday on snaps. He's an yeah, asshole. We hate him. Yep. Fire him. Move yep. on. Whatever. Like these kids, have the, they're some of the high, most highly recruited kids in America. They probably have never lost this much in their life. So it's 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 very foreign territory for everyone. Now you're facing a, a very competitive Kansas team this weekend. You're one loss away from being uh, or, or essentially having a losing record. So I think there's a lot of pressure right now for Oklahoma. Can they handle being a bad football team, which is kind of weird to say, because, you know, it's just, it's foreign territory. All right. My turn team with the most pressure on them is Michigan state. That's right, dude. It's gotta be. And it's very, actually, Aaron, it's very funny because it is shockingly similar logic to what you just espoused, right? Um, it's not a new coach, but a coach who was given the full vote of confidence in the off season. Uh, very famously now given the $9 million contract due to some flirtation with LSU. Uh, and when you look right now, Michigan State, after opening by beating Western Michigan and beating Akron, has lost four games in a row and none of them 
have been close. None of them. They lose uh, by 11 to Washington. They follow that up by getting dominated by Minnesota 34-7. Maryland handles them 27-13. Ohio State takes them to the woodshed 49-20. And now at home against the Wisconsin team that just fired their coach, they are seven-and-a-half-point dogs at home. That's an all like as awful as the Oklahoma Venables mm. era has started out. The Mel Tucker post big contract era is just as awful. And this is a, this is yep. just a truly horrid feeling. And, and, and it's so funny because they spent all this money and like all over their stadium, they, they wrote all this stuff about like drag them to the deep end, right? Drag him to the deep end and make him swim. Well, guess what? It doesn't look like you can swim. You're not going to be dragging anybody's ass anywhere. Get that man a life jacket and some swim lessons because Michigan State is under a ton of pressure to not lose to Jim Leonard and a Wisconsin team that just fired their head coach and are somehow seven-and-a-half-point favorites going into East Lansing, which is a tough place to play, dude. Absolutely absurd. Yep. All right, T-Bob, two more here. Who is the best – the best quarterback in the country is? Uh, I mean, uh, you kidding me? Uh, Did you just see – sorry, as I'm right? I mean, what do you mean? It's, of course – B-F-L, Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker. No one needs more to their team. As I said, I'm used to Ohio State quarterbacks doing that. I have not used to seeing uh, Tennessee quarterbacks do this. Beyond that, it, it to me, is the total package with Hooker. It's the legs. It's the decision-making. It's the best deep ball in all of college. And, again, it's just the overall manipulation of the game when he is on the field Everything orbits around him. His play is gravitational, and Alabama's going to learn that this weekend when they get sucked into the black hole that is Hogan and Hooker's arm strength. Give me Hooker or give me death. Don't 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 let the story fool you of who the best quarterback in America is, and and don't get don't get bored because it's normal. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in America right now. He's the best thrower. He's the most pure thrower. He can make every single throw you want. Like if there's if there's a guy, I, I looked at this when I saw it on the rundown of who would I want to be my quarterback? Like if it was a fantasy football draft, I had the first pick and we're picking quarterbacks. Who am I selecting? I'm selecting CJ Stroud. He's the best quarterback in America. The guy's going to win a Heisman. I, you, you, T-Bob, T- you said all the stats earlier today. There's no one close to him right yeah, now when it comes crazy. to statistical it's numbers. Crazy. It is crazy, crazy, crazy. So I love Hendon Hooker. He is, he's worked his way into a first-round quarterback. I get it. He's probably my number two quarterback right now. But there is no doubt that if I had to pick a guy to lead my football team, that it would not be C.J. Stroud. All right, here's our uh, final one. It is October. It is scary movie yes. season. And Aaron, Woo. the scariest movie is? Uh, the scariest movie is the only scary movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the Ring. Uh, the Ring is by far the scariest oh, wow. movie out there, and and I have good reasons for it. So my sister has long dark hair, uh, so every <laughs> night for those who have seen it, I'd, I'd 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 a TV in my room, and you turn it on as a kid, and it would be static until you turn the Nintendo on. So every oh. night for seven straight nights, my sister would come into the room, put her long dark hair in front of her face, <laughs> turn the TV on to static, and stand at the foot of my bed. Uh, so I was just, I mean, I slept with a baseball bat. I almost hit her one night. So ever, and I used to have like bad nosebleeds as, as a kid too. 
So like uh, that week I was getting more nosebleeds. So I've never watched a scary movie since the ring when I was like, you know, 10 years old. Wow, dude. Uh, actually I have a great ring story as well. I was in the theaters in junior high and this was about the time that like everybody was talking about how the ring was like the scariest movie ever. Right. And I was kind of terrified, but we went, um, with, I went with a couple <laughs> boys and we're sitting by a group of girls there behind us. We're like flirting and everything. Then the movie starts all of a sudden at one of the jump scare portions of the movie, I hear like a commotion behind me. I turn around. One of those girls is having a legitimate seizure on the ground oh, like damn. a super real seizure they stop the movie fire trucks come out everybody get their money back i left i'm like this is the scariest movie of all time i just almost <laughs> saw someone die in the theater from this movie and it wasn't even yeah. supposed to be the scariest part the end and so for like a couple years i would not watch the movie all the way through and then i finally did and well it was pretty good turns out maybe the build-up was a bit more but i will never forget that girl having a seizure in theaters that was wild uh, my scariest movie of all time. Um, it's a very odd movie. This is a bit of, uh, and some of y'all may not like this. It is called, uh, Antichrist. It is a movie. Is it Lars Berman or something? I can't remember his name. It's, it's a very messed up movie. Um, very dark. It's one of the few movies that I've ever seen that features full uncensored penetration, um, not that that means anything to the quality of the scares, but it does show you what kind of movie. Yeah, but it shows you what kind of movie you're dealing with, Aaron. It's very out there. Uh, but but look, I, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street recently. I love that. If you're looking for something that's not scary but will get you in the Halloween mood, I just finished it. Bram Stoker's Dracula, 92. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder. Uh, very fun movie. No, Human Centipede is fun, Avo. It's not the scariest. Uh, the Strangers is actually kind of scary. It just doesn't have as much of a, um, it doesn't have a, as much as a Halloween bent as I would like. Also, Aaron, that would have been horrible if you had brained your sister with a baseball bat, thinking that she was yeah. a demon. Like, if you had killed your dad, that would have been bad. Her damn fault. Uh, um, yeah. And Saul, look, Saul is great. No, Bob Rutherford. Saul one, Saul one is is great as well. Uh, all right, Babadook. I never seen Babadook. Parker. Okay, they got me some more stuff to watch. Uh, all right. Well, uh, huge thank you to our excellent producer Ryan Brumley. Aaron, have fun calling the game night. We'll all be watching. Uh, UL Marshall in West Virginia. Hell yeah! And um, look, huge shout out to FanDuel promo code Snaps if you're just signing up. Huge thank you to the Volume Sports YouTube channel. Hit the like button, subscribe. And again, y'all, if you sub to the pod, if you could please rate it and review it. I know it's annoying, but that really helps spread the word. And then just tell your friends about it. Um, we love y'all. And uh, we will see you tomorrow as we preview the top five games of the week on Snaps. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.